0: Most of you will know by now that I'm often traveling the world going from country to country and in 2018 I traveled to Montenegro with a friend of mine. We landed in Dubrovnik and drove up to Kotor to embrace the lifestyle of working and traveling. Back in 2018 I wasn't so well versed in traveling but I did know that good coffee would be hard to come by and some months before this I was given some samples of a mushroom blend coffee and knew that this would be the perfect time to try them given the fact that there was only going to be instant coffee in the Airbnb which was a no-go at the time. I got up at 6am, I boiled the kettle excitedly, ready to try the coffee that contained all of these functional mushrooms that were set to give me nootropic-like benefits that were going to help me with my cognition and focus for my work this morning, and also give me anti-inflammatory benefits and support my immune system that my regular coffee just wasn't giving me. Only to be disappointed at how gross it was, and I unfortunately didn't even finish the samples. It was genuinely that bad. And you know there's two different types of people if you ask someone they don't have the option for good coffee and they can either go no coffee or bad coffee i am someone who would choose bad coffee usually but in this case i didn't even finish it which is why i absolutely love wind coffee who have done the impossible and have made mushroom infused coffee that tastes incredible they refused to compromise on flavor and have packed in a ton of incredible ingredients that give me the cognitive and physical benefits that i was after but allow me to still enjoy my coffee so if you're ready to get more more out of your morning coffee, our friends at Windesia are giving Simply Fit listeners a huge twenty five percent off all of their products and subscriptions, including their incredible mushroom infused coffee. Just use the code Simply Fit at the checkout, and you can thank me later. And now on to today's episode. Hello, team, and welcome to episode four hundred and forty seven of the Simply Fit podcast. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Nicholas Simmons yoshis Nicholas is an army veteran turned health fitness and mindset coach. This episode surprised me. What I was expecting was some hard-hitting, David Gogging style motivation, and there was a lot of that for sure, but what you'll also hear is a very vulnerable story of a man who was ready to give up on absolutely everything, but now lives every single day of his life with purpose. Get ready for an emotional and a powerful listen. In this episode, you can expect to learn why we should be grateful for the tests that life brings us, why Nicholas believes we should learn to endure the process and not love the process, along with what few things anyone can do in their life today to make a positive change. So without further ado, Nicholas Simmons-Yoshis. Nick Simmons welcome to the show. How are you today? Doing good. How are you doing? I am very, very well. Thank you so much for asking. I'm excited to dive into our conversation. I trust that the listeners are going to get a lot of real talk today, so I'm going to dive into that a little bit more. With that being said, can you give the listeners a bit of context about who you are, what it is that you do? I'm uh, Nick simons I, uh, I grew up in Oklahoma. We moved from Texas to Oklahoma every
1: single year, so it was like a very unstable uh, childhood, if you'll say. Through that, at early age, I learned to really rely on myself, to really get things done, to really understand that through your actions is what's going to really dictate your life, and I joined the military when I was 24. I tried to join a lot earlier, but both of my older brothers were in, and at that time, I couldn't join, so I think I finally got in when I was 24. And then I spent seven years in infantry, got out, I went to contracting over in the Middle East, security contracting, then I
0: jumped into IT contracting, and then now I'm a fitness and mindset coach. Amazing, you traveled quite a fair amount on your journey as well by the sounds of it. So coming back to your story of getting started in the military, you mentioned that you tried to get in a lot earlier. What stopped you from getting in earlier than 24 Because 24 still sounds quite young.
1: Well, yeah, I originally wanted to get in when I was 20. So at the time, things were still going heavy in Iraq. My middle brother, Nathan, he was in the Marines deployed over there. and My other brother, Johnson, was in the Navy, which was over in that area also and they gave me the explanation that all because i'm the last sibling right i'm the last of the three brothers so all siblings can be serving in active duty at the same time especially in a war zone so that was the explanation they gave me to truthfully get into the military it was a whole different experience so i was born with four fingers oh wow and I tried to get in. That's why it took me so many years. It took me four years and eight months to get into the military. I originally wanted to go in the Marines, but they said I was missing a digit that I couldn't get in. Then after that, I went to uh, the Navy. Then I was trained up for go to BUDS because I have the mentality, if I want to do anything, I want to be the best at what I do. So I was going for BUDS to become a SEAL. I was training for that. About five months into that, they called me and they said, nope, you can't do, you can't go to BUDS, you can't do combat diver. You'd pretty much be stuck on a ship. I'm like, okay, no, I'm not doing that. It was literally my fourth army station I went to that I finally got into the military through a waiver. So that was a whole ordeal in itself, just getting into the military. But I knew that I wanted to be infantry. And then I also knew that I wanted to not only be ordinary or a regular soldier, I wanted to exceed and excel
0: and then go to special forces and things like that. Was there any point during those years where you were trying to get in and trying to get in time and time again, where you were thinking, maybe this isn't for me, maybe life's telling me that I need to take a different path?
1: There was, there was, you know, I grew up Christian. So, you know, I was like, you know, maybe God doesn't want me to be in there or, you know, A lot of the times after I would be so frustrated with the recruiters (laughs) at these places that, you know, yeah, truthfully, I was like, well, you know, maybe it's not for me. Maybe I'm not supposed to be in there. But then it came into my mind that, well, maybe all these rejections and all of these people telling me no is just a way to test me to see if I actually really want it. Very true, yeah. And
0: I really wanted it, and therefore I went through four years, eight months, trying to be able to get in. I finally got in. And what was the experience like once you got in? Was it everything you expected it to be? Was it everything that you thought it would be or wouldn't be? So, no.
1: I truthfully thought the, uh, we well, gotta think from a big picture because I got into the regular infantry, so it's a massive organization there. I thought there was going to be a lot more camaraderie, you know, like like a brotherhood, right? I really didn't get that from, now I'm speaking for the Army in general, from the Army itself. I think that's why more, of why I wanted to go to Special Forces because it's more of a, you know, small group guys, you know, that really get to know each other and depending on each other. Yeah. So that was one of the biggest, like, blows you could say to me, that there really wasn't that camaraderie that I thought there would be. And then also, one of the things I really did like about the military, though, was it was based on your performance on how far you went. It wasn't based on other people's opinions of you or whatever. You showed up, did the work every day, and you understood what you needed to do and you got it done, then you would exceed, which I did. And that was one of the best things I really liked about the military was it was based off your work ethic. Based off your hard work is how far you went.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's really rewarding when you can see what you put in. You genuinely get a reward for as well. Exactly. And the responsibility solely lies on you, right? I think that's yeah. huge and something that we can take a lot away from. And what brought your time in the military to an end? It was a combination of things.
1: So, like I said, I wanted to go to Special Forces. So, in 2014, I went to SVS, which is Special Forces Assessment and Selection. And going into it, I really just wanted to, you know, test myself, you know, because you hear of like so many people going in, and it has like a was a seventy percent attrition rate, so only thirty percent, you know, I actually make it through. You know, it's always in the back of my mind, like, could I do that, you know? And so that's I went into it with that mindset, and the mindset I had was like it was more of if I pass. If I go through this whole thing and I don't make it, okay. But if I do go through it and I make it, then okay. Of course, that's what I wanted. Of course, that's what I wanted it to be, Special Forces. I wanted it to be the best of the best. And so I went through SVS and I completed it. But they have a thing to where you can be peered out. And I got peered out at the end. And so I was, a, they say, a non-select. So I went through the whole selection process, passed it. But then at the very end, you have to peer people. And through that peering people, it's like a peer, you said a computer, you know, this person did this, blah, blah, blah. And they can peer you out. And that's what happened. Because my class was 317 people and 200 and... Mm. 76 of those people were 18 x-rays And 18 x-rays is a contract that people come in And they go from infantry training Then they go straight from infantry training to airborne training And they go straight from airborne training to SOP C Which is they're at Camp McCall where SBS is held And all they do is train up and eat And so those people have been together for like Four to five to seven months And so they're really you know their friends, you can say, yeah. and so at the end of the day, they chose their friends over you know someone who over me. I'll say that. Got gotcha. you.
0: And how did you find that? Because like you said, the part of the military that you absolutely loved was that it wasn't based on anyone's opinion. It was all based on your work ethic and based on going through the selection process and being able to qualify for it. It must have been frustrating for you, who relies solely on their work ethic to progress in that career, then to be turned around. And basically said no off the back of people's choices.
1: I, uh, it was super hard for me. Not only that, because I thought at that point in my life, I thought this was my purpose. I thought it was going to be special operations, going around the world, doing the things they do, helping people. I really thought that was my purpose in life. And that was one blow. But then there was another opportunity I had, which was to go to the Delta Force. They call it CAG now. They may have another name, but when I was last, in, it was called CAD Combined Armed Group, which is the absolutely best of the best. And I went; they were there. I went through their physical assessment, and I passed. And I was like, "Okay, this is where I'm at. This is this is where my purpose is. This is where I'm going to make you know, I'm going to make history. You know, I'm, I'm going to set my legacy here." And that was the biggest blow that hit me because. I reached out to them about two and a half months after I filled out, you know, the whole background check and everything. And I was waiting to hear back from them because they have to select you to go to that selection with SAS. You can just go to their selection, but the Delta force or CAG you have to be selected to go to their selection. And so I was waiting. And so I called them and they say, Oh, well, if you're selected, you should have heard something within two weeks. It's been two and a half months. I was like well And so they got back to me And they said this was it This was I identifying This was I identifying mark That they wouldn't allow me Because I was just saying for instance I'm on a mission in somewhere around the world And someone knows I have four fingers And I'm on a mission somewhere else around the world And someone else knows I have four fingers And that word gets out And they see a four fingered person coming around you know, it's going to compromise not only myself but my team. Damn, that's a big blow to take, right? That Yeah, that was a huge blow. That was probably my lowest point. Through that came a lot of depression, came a lot of questions, came a lot of, uh... it, it was a very bad time in my life after that because I felt lost because I thought that was my purpose. I felt so lost after that. I've been working so hard towards it. And, uh, yeah, through that combination of things, it led to a suicide attempt
0: and it was super hard. It was super hard. Yeah, man. I can imagine. And during those times where you were in that deep depression and off the back of that suicide attempt as well, how did you come out on the other side? I mean, you're at your very own rock bottom and quite often people's rock bottoms and and those attempts sometimes that unfortunately successful and that's usually the end how did you turn that around stand back up and how are we having this conversation today so
1: after i got the news of not being able to go to CAG that was a blow and then i had a close friend of mine commit suicide that was a blow because like no oh, it's hard <laughs> i was the last one on the phone with him and i knew he had these thoughts and i thought he was good Sorry. Take your sign on no, the Lars. Come to find out next morning, I killed himself. Down top of that, I lost my girlfriend. So it was just a combination of things. You know, well, I just didn't want to be alive. I didn't want to feel the pain The pain I was feeling. So I locked myself in my barracks room. I tore up my vision board. They had all my gold on them. And I had a shit ton of pills. When I just downed them I drank whiskey with it The only thing that saved me Was one of my teammates called me This was like One o'clock in the morning So I knew something was wrong And I told them I would always be there for them And so I picked up the farm And at that time I was a fire team leader It was one of my Joes One of my soldiers had been in a car accident had severely injured his, injured his head and That they needed me at the hospital And so You know I You know finger fucked my throat Threw all this shit up And I went to his To be with him in the hospital Cause they couldn't get a hold of anyone else And through that fucking experience I came up With the saying With a uh A brand that has saved my life many times And it's N2R And it's the end of my Instagram tag N2R N2R stands for never to return And never to return can mean so many things At me, at that time I think of a phoenix in the ashes, right? And I was in the ashes I wanted to kill myself I wanted to end this pain And it could be so many things who would going through drug abuse. They could be alcoholics, whatever it is, your situation, you're in the ashes. You're at the bottom of the bottom. And then you realize that you could come out of the ash, right? You realize that you are better than that. You are so much more, you have so much more to offer this world than to just stay in the ashes. And when you realize that, then you come out of the fucking ashes. This big, massive bird on fire for life. To better people's life. Because everything we go through is to help someone else that is going through that thing in their life at that point. I truly believe that. Everything I've gone through in my life is for me to be able to help people get through those situations. When I was at my Joe's At my soldier's side In the hospital for 12 hours I had to stay there I had a lot to think about Four hours earlier I was ready to quit I was ready to give it up I was ready to just Whatever At that moment Looking at my soldier in that hospital bed Came to realize I am here for a fucking reason And that I was so selfish to want to kill myself because I've gone through situations. And then I realized that what I've gone through and I've overcame in my life so many things that I can help so many people around the world with what
0: I know and what I've gone through and overcame. Dude, that's powerful. And I love that you turn things around in such And that like such a unbelievable way and such a, you know, like a complete 180, you know, complete turnaround. And it's incredible because, like I said, a lot of people don't find that strength to come back. Maybe they find the strength to come back, but they only have enough in them to just live a regular and a mediocre life. But you're going back. You're not living in mediocrity whatsoever. You're doing everything that you can with all these lessons that you've been given to now help other people who are surely and we know the world at the moment and the mental health challenges that people are facing to allow people to get through that and to be on the other side of that as well so thank you first and foremost for being vulnerable enough to share that story because I think it's going to really really help a lot of people and there will be many people maybe they'll be listening to this maybe a friend will send it to them as well who maybe feel very much how you felt at that stage and will be able to recognize that wow you know Nick got through this, and maybe I can as well. So it's a powerful story. And now I'm very curious about what it looked like on the other side of that. You had that deep realization. You had those 12 hours in the hospital to contemplate what you were just thinking about. Where do you go next after that? This is part of the story that I think a lot of people miss. You know, sometimes you hear these stories about people who are at rock bottom, and then you see them in the future much, much better. But no one really talks about that in-between part, which I'm sure came with just as many challenges as it did Progressions.
1: Yeah, it came with many challenges. So after that, three years later, I was out of the military. The reason I was out is because there's many reasons. The military's changing. At that time of my life, I had thought I had done whatever I needed to do, whatever I accomplished in the military. It was time for me to move on. And so when I got out, that was the next big challenge for me as an infantry person. Like, what can I do? I can be a security guard. I can, you know, maybe, it was not many choices. But the thing that anyone that's in the infantry, especially being a team leader, squad leader, then you realize you have so many attributes that you've gotten from the military. You have led people. If you're a team leader, you are leading a team of four people. You're a squad leader. You're leading a team of nine people or eight people, including yourself. So you have a lot of skills. Because when I got out, I was like, I have no skills. What can I do? But then when you really sit and reflect on your time in the military and what you have accomplished and what you've gone through and what you have attained from the military and how you've grown as a man in the military, you really sit back and you realize that you have come far. Like, I went from a job to a team leader to a squad leader. That's big. Like, you're in charge of, at a squad leader level, you're in charge of eight people. Yep. So just realizing the skills that I had, right? But when I first got out, it was super hard. Literally I was living in my car for a year and a half After I got out of the military Because truthfully I was lost You know I knew I was here for more, yes I knew I was going to do big things I will do big things, yes But at that point it was just like I don't know I I just don't know I got out, was living in my car for a year and a half This was in Alaska So Living in your car during the winter in Alaska is very very hard That was another challenge I got a job Living in my car a year and a half And the thing about this is Is that most people are not going to understand And I really don't understand Is I really came comfortable with that I came comfortable With living in my freaking car And at that point Is when I knew I needed to change things I had come complacent In my life When I knew I had so much more to offer the world I came complacent And through complacency Anyone that's been deployed Complacency equals death Overseas where you're deployed Complacency equals death Like physical death Complacency in your life Equals death of your goals, of your dreams And that's what I was doing And when I realized that I was like, I have to change something And so that's when I got in contact with contractors overseas. And, I mean, because that's where I was good at, you know? So I got a job overseas contracting, uh, security contracting. And then through that experience, I realized that I didn't want to do that. (laughs) It was, yeah, it was a lot of stuff that I didn't want to do. And then I got an IT. IT was a whole different world. But as you go through these experiences, you pick up skills. Like IT was a lot, a lot of customer service skills. And I was a contractor for the military, so I was dealing with military people. And so through those skills, then I've always had, I've always wanted to help people. And I've always helped people. Looking back on it, through the military, through contracting, I've always helped people. I've always... Taught them what they need to do, held them accountable, and they would get results. Like in the military, I was doing it unconsciously as a team leader, as a squad leader. I was helping my guys physically get into shape, to get better, to have goals in their lives, to go after those goals, to hold them accountable. And so it just led in. It it was like a perfect match. I love fitness. Mindset. Is everything I love mindset. So that's when I really realized, probably when I was IT contractor, I realized that I really wanted to pursue
0: this, and that's why I started doing it. That's incredible, man. And I think that you had to try all those different things. You had to search through all those different paths to find kind of your second purpose in a way. Right, the military was the first purpose, or at least what you thought it was going to be. And then it's transitioning into this fitness and mindset thing. But before we do transition away from the military side of things, do you think that they could do better at transitioning people out of that system? Because it sounds like you were just left in a position to, you know, it's ironic because you're serving your country, right? Which should be regarded as something very selfless, very, very commendable. Yet when you leave or when you're told to go, it's almost as if you're kind of just left to your own devices, regardless of where your mental or physical state is. I know that they potentially pay out if you have to retire early based on injuries that are experienced in the military, but it sounds like they could be doing more. Do you think that there is room for them to be doing better when it comes to people leaving that system? I mean, there's always improvement.
1: I'm not going to say that there, because the whole process is, uh, I forgot what it's called. It has a different name now, but the whole process is like, you have to go through a month of, going to these classes before you get out. And I would say they do set you up pretty well. They make you write a resume. They make you reach out to companies to, you know, have job interviews. There's always room for improvement for sure. I would say the biggest thing is, like you said, is the mental health aspect. Is they really don't take that into effect of like, how much that controls people
0: yeah for sure
1: and depends what people have been through how bad they are because you know i had to see multiple behavioral health specialists when i was in the military and getting out trying to actually see someone like that is very very hard for a va you know they could definitely do a better job with that aspect the aspect of where they set you up to actually get a job and uh Because they do mock interviews and everything like that I think they did pretty well So it I'm not going to say it's on the military For me living in my car, doing what I did That was on me But I'll go back to something you said Is that Is uh, People are like What is my purpose in life Like what am I supposed to be doing Well I think The number one thing that people need to do Is get clarity on what they want in their life There's a big thing Get clarity on what you want in your life Exactly everything The income you want to be making Where you want to be living The body you want to have In specific detail And when they get the clarity in life And then they're like Okay, I have five doors in front of me Which one do I go through? This is where you're right This is where you guys say I don't know I'm going to go through number one Open that door Go through that Okay, that's not for me Go through number two Okay, that's not for me. All right, go through number three. Okay, that's not for me. They have to try so many opportunities. They have to try so many things before you actually find it, right? Because so many people are like, what is my purpose? And I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. Frustrated. It's like, what? Why am I here on this earth? Why? And through my experiences, that's why I've realized is like, do you need to have a clear picture? First, clear picture of where you want your life to be like and where you want to go, what you want to do, crystal clear. And then you just got to start grabbing opportunities as they come. Grab opportunities. Just grab them. Because you never know where that opportunity is going to lead to an opportunity down the road. And it's like they yeah. say, being here right now, you cannot connect the dots. But looking back at your past, that's when you can connect the dots to where you are right
0: now. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think part of discovering what is for you is discovering what is not for you. Exactly. And yeah. that's the point that you were making there in the sense of saying, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? It's like, well, it's probably not just going to come to you. Maybe it will come to you in an epiphany and a dream or something, but it's probably more likely to come to you if you go and try and like, well, this isn't for me. This isn't for me. And then you eventually find a thing that really is for you as well. But that comes from taking action and taking those opportunities, like you said, opening those doors so you can finally see, ah, well, this does seem like it's for me. Like you said, you were to connect those dots of the fitness and the mindset stuff and that's where it's led you now. So let's transition onto that as well. What's your journey been like with focusing on fitness and mindset and why have you put those two together as the big key? Because a lot of people are either focusing on maybe being mindset coaches and life coaches and then others are gonna be health and fitness coaches I personally very much know and I'm very familiar with the fact that those two are very much intertwined, but why is it that you were super keen to make sure the fitness and the mindset stuff was put together? Like you said, they go hand in hand. First comes your mindset,
1: right? Your mindset has to be right. You have to have the right disciplines and the right habits in your life. And I think the best way to do that is through fitness, is through eating right is through taking care of your body because a lot of people don't realize one of the biggest things people struggle with is belief in themselves right they don't have belief in themselves but how do you get belief in yourself through putting actions in through the work is the only way you get belief in yourself i'll give you an example when i was really young i went to a gym and this dude was benching like three plates like 315 i was like oh my god three plates i was young i was skinny a little like i was young i was like man three plates i was like i will never be able to get there it was like so far out but then what happened i started going to the gym i started benching i started doing accessory works. right my bench went from like 185 to 205 i was like huh. 205, 205 to 225. I was like, you know what? 315, I could do 315. I'm going to do 315. Because in the beginning, my belief was I couldn't do it. And that's what a lot of people think in their lives. They can't do it. They don't believe in themselves that so they can do it. But through the work, through putting in the hours in the gym, through putting in the hours in your life of doing what you need to do, eating right, of going to the gym, of waking up early, of being disciplined, of building those habits. Through that action, the belief comes. And that's one of the biggest things, and that is mindset, right? Belief in yourself is mindset. So through the belief in yourself, which comes from the actions you take every single day, that's when your mindset comes to effect, right? So mindset comes first But I see that a lot of people Don't believe in themselves That's why I put fitness in there Because if people do What is prescribed to them Like what's in my program Or what I tell them to do They see results What does that do? That helps them believe in themselves Because fitness The way you look The way you hold yourself The way you are able to Perform in your daily life has a huge impact on your confidence and your confidence goes
0: into the belief for yourself yeah absolutely it's huge and i think that it's all about building that bank of evidence that's what i always talk about it's like you've absolutely got to layer the work on the work on the work and then you have no doubts right like that's where self-confidence is built it's by proving to yourself time and time again that you can like you said you look to that dude with the three plates. And it was 135 for you, up to 205, not too far off two plates. And then all of a sudden, after stacking all of those moments that you were on the bench press, you gave yourself that belief. And realistically, at the very start, it was fair for you to say, well, maybe I couldn't do that because you had no evidence that you could bench 315, especially if you're like you said, a skinny little kid. Yeah. But at the same time, you could have faith. And then you have to just follow up that faith and the goals that you have with actions, then ultimately that's what's going to lead you to the path of where you want to be. So yeah, I love that mindset piece as well. And I think a big aspect that you talk about a lot and a big aspect that ties into this in terms of making sure that people actually achieve the goals they want to is discipline. And that's something I want to talk about with you. It's like, yes, we can all have the idea of being able to bench three plates, to be in the shape of our lives, to get the job of our dreams or the relationship of our dreams. But that doesn't come out of nowhere. It comes, like I said, with work on work on work on work. So how can we get ourselves into a position where discipline becomes something that is just a part of our day-to-day life and that we are able to show up and do the hard things time and time again because we know what they can do for us? So I think the biggest thing with this is people need to know their why,
1: right? Like I have a guy who's, he's extremely overweight. I walk with him two times a week. You know, I'm trying to get his mindset in the right place. And he's like, I just want to lose weight. I'm like, okay, well, why do you want to lose weight? Have you heard of the exercises seven whys? You ask why, then you ask why. So he's like, I just want to lose weight. Okay, why do you want to lose weight? Oh, I want to lose weight so, you know, I can look better. Okay, why do you want to look better? Well, I want to look better so I can have more energy and do more activities. Okay, so why do you want to have more energy and do more activities? And you ask this. This is a series. Anyone can do this. Just sit down, the pen and paper, write out your goal, and go. Why do I want that goal? And then you ask seven whys after that. But you have to be truthful with yourself. And at the end of this, with this gentleman I'm talking about, he came up to the conclusion that his why is that. He wants to be there for his kids. He wants to be able to pick them up. He wants to be able to spend time with them. He wants to be able to be a role model for his kids. That's A lot of people fail that part nowadays, to be a role model for your kids. He wants to have more, you know, spice it up with his wife. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this was his why. But when we first asked the first why It was I just want to lose weight But you need to know your why And when you know your why Then that is going to push you To be disciplined Discipline is something that is built Over a long time You're not going to build discipline In a couple of months Like people look at me and other people, and they see the results we have, and they go, oh, well, it's easy for you. And I cannot stand that. It's not easy for me. You think I want to go to the gym every single day and do what I do every single day? No. You think I want to wake up when I wake up every morning? No. Do you think I want to do my burpees every morning? No. But I do it. Anyways, that is the biggest difference. What is your why? When you know your why, you got that tunnel vision, you got your why right there. There should be nothing to scratching you. You should know what you need to do. And you should do it. People have such a hard problem with taking the actions is because they look at the big picture and I understand as I've been there. They look at a massive picture of their life, the big vision, right? Big vision of their life. They're like, Man, how am I supposed to get there? I'm so far away from it, there's no way in hell I can get there. What I say to those people, and what I've told myself, and this helps a lot, do what you can do with what you have right now. And what you have right now, is every single day, is a choice to do what you need to do. Right? To do what you need to do to get where you are. When it comes to your big vision, you need to have milestones in between there. Milestones is going to allow you to have a smaller goal that keeps you on track to your bigger vision. But it's not too far from where you are right now to where you you think that, oh, I can't take action. I don't know what to do. They're overthinking things. The way I can speak of this is because this is me. Like, like I overthink things all the time. I look at my big vision like, Hell, how am I going to get there, right? It's through taking the daily actions. It's a compounding effect of through the daily actions you take with what you can do with what you have
0: right now. Yeah, I think that's a big mistake that a lot of us make is that we look at the mountaintop too much, right? We have this big vision picture of where we want to be but the challenge with that is that it's just so overwhelming when you look at it yes and it's inspirational of course it is but like you were that skinny kid looking at the guy benching three plates it's like well if you compare yourself to where you are at that moment to those three plates where you're never really going to get there well you eventually will but you're going to experience a lot of challenges along the way the big thing i tell people is to have one eye on the present and then one eye on the future So at the end of the day, it's those present actions, like you said, what you have to do on this day-to-day that adds up, that takes you eventually there. But if you focus too much on today, then you forget about the bigger picture and then you maybe get lost in a dip of motivation. I know that your thoughts are on motivation (laughs) as we go through that in just a moment, but you know, you don't have that drive because you're just so lost in like, well, what am I even working towards? Then you look up too much, then you're like getting lost in the overwhelm of the goal. So I love that point of just saying, okay, just focus on what you need to do today. Because of, that's really what's going to take you down, down the path of where you want to go. But don't forget to look up from time to time because you want to know what you're working towards. And is that why? It's like that guy said, is he wants to be a role model for his kids. And I love that exercise as well, because I get this with the clients that I work with all the time as well. as like, you ask them the first, I want to improve my health. And I am like, that's such a vague answer. Like, that isn't going to get you out of bed in the morning to get to your workout. That's not going to allow you to say no to that pizza. When you say that, well, actually, I want to be there for my grandchildren. Or to be able to walk my daughter down the aisle, now that those are the things that are going to get you out of bed in the morning. So I really love that point as well. And something that you mentioned in the part of the, what you were just talking about was you don't want to get up every single morning. You don't want to do your birthdays. And it's interesting because a lot of people say you need to learn to love the process. But I've noticed that what you say is you need to learn to endure the process. So can you give us your take on that? Because I think that's a big, big, big point that we need to hammer home today because of Are you really ever going to love burpees at 4 a.m. in the morning? Probably not, but you probably can enjoy them. So talk to us a little bit more about that. Yeah, that was a a big thing is we got to love the process. Love the process.
1: Like If you're being truthful, yeah, waking up when I wake up, no, I don't love it. Doing the burpees, no, I don't love it. Doing my workouts every single day, no, I don't love it. But it's enduring it enduring it to get to where you want to be people think they have to find something that they love and that they can do every day that they wake up and they have some energy to jump out of bed no that's not true it's not true i'm sorry to bust your bubble if you believe that it's not you're gonna wake up you're not gonna to want to get out of bed you're not gonna to want to do what you need to do it goes back to discipline right Being disciplined enough to do the things you know you need to do when you need to do it. That is enduring the process. Like for me, enduring eating the same thing for the last six months. A lot of people can't do that, which I understand. That's enduring the process for me. Waking up at 2.40 in the morning every morning. That's enduring the process for me. Wait, Doing my burpees every single morning. That's enduring the process for me. It's about enduring the process. Now, some days, yes, you will be motivated to do the things you want to do. Like, sometimes I'm motivated to do my burpees, and I bust them out really quick. Some days, I'm dragging my ass. I'm like, man, I don't want to do... And I'm like, I'm doing my burpees. But I do it. Every single day I do it. That's the thing. It's enduring the process. You're not going to love the process. process of doing anything that is massive or extraordinary, you're not always going to love the process. So you have to endure the process.
0: Yeah, I think it's a much healthier relationship with that side of things. Because I think when people talk about getting up before in the morning and everything along those lines, it sounds like sunshine and rainbows. But I think it's time to burst that bubble a little bit and just tell people that you're going to do it because... It's going to be amazing for you, but there's going to be many days where you don't love it. And I think that that's a better thing. I actually heard about some study some time ago. I think they were, I think it was a weight loss process, but they also compared it to like a cold plunge. But when they told the person that this weight loss process is going to be difficult, you're going to come up against a lot of challenges well, the same with the ice bath. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be pretty damn cold. You're going to want to jump out straight away, but you're going to be okay. It's going to go with these challenges, but it's going to be rewarding versus not telling those people that just get them to jump in the water they reacted far worse when they weren't aware of the potential consequences that were going to come off the back of that but when they knew it was going to be a little bit like it, there was going to be a lot of challenges it was going to be pretty horrible to go to the ice bath they mentally comprehended it way better so i think a lot of people say ah wake up at 4 or 5 a.m in the morning because it's going to be the thing that changes your life and it's going to be the most beautiful thing you're ever going to do it's like well it's going to be helpful but it's probably not going to be fun on most days and i think that that's the real kind of message that we need is that these things are difficult for a reason there's a reason why a lot of people don't do them and the people who do do them doesn't mean they're waking up with a smile on their face every single morning but they know what it represents to them do you know what i mean yeah yes and i want to talk about challenges for a bit if you don't mind please
1: go ahead a lot of people see challenges as they start whining they start bitching and like oh why me why this why that if you have a big vision of where you are or, or where you want to be and you're, you're down here you cannot be the same person you are here to here you can't do it you have to be a totally different person i believe the universe understands this and when you say you want to be this person when you're here you're going to have challenges The only way you can get to be that person up here where your big vision is is through challenges, through growing. And the only way you grow is through challenges, through struggles in your life. That's where you learn about yourself. You learn your capabilities. You start to believe in yourself more. Challenges are not something that we need to look at as, oh, well, why me just bitch and moan? No. Look at the challenge and really see why you're in that challenge. Why am I in this challenge in my life right now? And then think, okay, when I overcome this challenge, how better of a person, how stronger of a person I'm going to be? How much closer of that person I'm going to be to where I want to be? Challenges are not something that we need to be afraid of. Now, it's hard to think like this during the challenge. I understand that. It is hard. That's where self-awareness comes. You need to be self-aware... Of what you said you wanted. You wanted this big vision. You said you wanted it. Okay. We'll see. The universe is going to test you. You want that? All right. This is a challenge you're going to have to have. This is a challenge you're going to have to have. This is a challenge you're going to have to have. This is a challenge you're going to have to have. To be this person. Because who you are right now... And who you want to be... Are two separate different people. Totally. And through challenges... That's how you become that person up here
0: where your big vision is. Yeah, I always think the same thing about when you spread a challenge across a long enough time frame, you start to see the reason why it was for you and not to you in the sense of your story exactly, right? You were rock bottom. You were at the point of you know, almost ending your life, right? As there couldn't be any lower of a point. But now when we stretch it out across the course of your life, of course, we wouldn't have wanted that to happen, but all the benefits that people are going to gain based on your story and based on your experiences is actually going to make that a net positive, oh, right? Will. And it seems bizarre to say, and I never want to kind of under, overlook, I should say, people's challenges and say that they're not real and that we should be grateful for them and everything along those lines. But we have to see a little bit of light during those moments and on the other side of them, we probably can then be grateful. Again, like there's a concept in Stoic philosophy called a more farted, You've probably heard of it before, which is like a lover of fate. And I think that it's a nice idea and it's a nice concept, but I don't expect you to be, ah, I'm super grateful in the moment where my mental health is at its worst. I'm losing my job. I'm losing my girlfriend, etc. We're not expecting that, but it's more a sense of having that light, knowing what it's going to do for you, getting through it, and then seeing the... Bigger picture and the lens of a different perspective on the other side of it. I think that's the key to success. Versus saying, "Oh, well, you know, any problem that you comes or challenge that comes into your life, you should smile and just get on with it." It's not that. It's not the case. It's more just recognizing that it has a different purpose depending on the perspective that we look at it. Right. Yeah, definitely has a purpose.
1: Like I said before, you know, you can't connect dots looking forward. So the challenge you're going through right now, yeah, of course you're not going to be able to understand where it's going to get you, but. What I say to that is look in your past life. Look at the challenges you've had in your past life and connect the dots. Because you can connect those dots. You can see what those challenges and struggles you've had in your past. When you overcame them, how better of a person you are today from those challenges. So if someone's going through a challenge and they're having a bad time, look back at your past and connect the dots. Like I said, you can't connect the dots to forward. You don't know what this challenge is for you. But every challenge is there for a
0: purpose, like you said. Yeah, I love that. I want the listeners to take that away as well. And Nick, we are coming to the end, but I want to give more actionable takeaways to the audience today. So if I could wave my wand and make you president for the day and you were able to give every single person maybe like five rules to live their life by, what would those look like for you personally? Get a morning routine. And morning routine needs to start needs to
1: consist of getting up earlier, spending some time with yourself, where it's meditation, journaling, whatever it may be, physical activity. Getting up earlier is going to build discipline. Doing physical activity will build discipline. Spending time with yourself and reflecting is going to get you to positive mindset. So those three things is in the morning, morning routine. But I would say in the morning routine for that, a lot of people don't understand this is that you need to set up for your morning routine the night before. OK, the night before, set up everything for me. For instance, I have my shoes, my water, my watch, everything right here by the couch. I have the fan pointed right to me. I have my journal right here. I have everything. So I get up and I just go through the process. Because if you don't have your shoes, your shoes are way over there. You got to walk over there, get your shoes. Just all these excuses that you give yourself. Right. So set yourself up for, for success sure. the night before for a morning routine. Second, I will say do so in the military, we have AAR, which is after action review. Okay. So after you do a live fire exercise, you do AAR with your commander and your first sergeant, and that's after action review. And from that, you need three sustains and three improves. And I took that from the military. Implement in your life at the end of each day. Do it, I call it an ADR, after day review. And do sustains and do improves. So I'll do your improves first. What do I need to improve on? Oh, maybe I need to eat better. What do I need to improve on? Maybe I need to start waking up earlier. Wherever your improves are, write them down, at least three. And after that, write sustains down. Sustains is going to be things that you did well, that you need to sustain in your life. ADR is so, so powerful. People do it. At the end of each day, you can do it at the end of each week, even, be even better. But at the end of each day, do an ADR. Three sustains and three improves. After that, I would say go into writing a list of five things you need to do that night after ADR. That night before the next day. And that list of five things you need to do is going to be for the next day. Gotcha. And through the ADR, that's going to give you oversight of the things you need to put on that five, the list of five things. That makes sense. So I would say those. Do a morning routine. I guess you could say a night routine, which would be your ADR, your five things for the next day.
0: What was the third one? Uh, And then write down your five things, right? Yeah so yep morning routine adr and the five things i love that i think mean, it's super practical and the thing is it's not going to make it taking an enormous amount of time either and the brilliant thing it doesn't cost anything either you, anyone who's listening to this today could start that tomorrow as well so i love those really practical very actionable and very impactful especially across a long time frame it as will well. be yes so nick this has been a phenomenal conversation yes. It's really really been insightful it, we've dive very, very deep as well. And I'm glad we've come out on the other side of this in a super, super impactful way. So I want to wrap up with a final couple of questions. The first one is what impact do you want to have on the world with the work that you do? I also want to have a positive impact on the world. I want to really
1: let people understand the greatness they have inside them. As a coach, I don't want to be coaching a person for, say, years on years and years. No, no. I want to teach people how to coach themselves, Right. I want to teach people and understand the greatness they have inside them, the purpose that they have, right? Because each person has this potential. Every single person has potential in this life. It's just what we do with that potential,
0: okay? So I want to show people they have potential and the greatness they have inside them. I love that, man. And where is the best place for people to find you if they want to keep up with the work that you're doing? It's going to be IG. It's going to be Fit Nick. That's N I C underscore into our perfect man i'll make sure that's in the show notes below and anyone who's listened today who's taken anything away i'd encourage you to share this with your friends family members anyone who you think will need it But nick thank you so much for your time today man i appreciate you thank you and that was the simply fit podcast i hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode i feel inspired to improve your health and well-being